0: Welcome to the show, Hour 3 of the Kelly Cotrera Show, and Loretta's spinning some great tracks to get in and out of our segments today. I appreciate your hard work, Loretta, filling in for Rob Trebizan. Well, he takes some time off as our technical producer, we've got Chris Christian standing by produ- producing the show and chiming in here and there, giving his two cents, although I still think you're being sucky about not supporting the Habs, Chris. I know, you're a diehard Leafs fan, Whatever. Uh, David Shipley joins the show right now. He's our cybersecurity expert and CEO of Boceran Security. David, welcome to the program.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: I thought we'd get you on to tackle some tech headlines and other related topics. But before we do, I know you're not uh, from Toronto, so you're probably not a Leafs fan. But are you going to ch- cheer on the Habs? They're the only Canadian team left in uh, the playoffs.
1: Right. I'm a diehard Leafs fan. I'd rather see the Bruins win at this point. Oh, you are a diehard Leafs fan.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I did not anticipate that you being out on the right coast of the uh, country.
1: I have a loyal family of Habs, uh, not Habs fans, of uh, least fans for forty years. I have one brother who's a Habs fan who I don't talk to.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, we're going to get into some uh, some deep family wounds, so I don't want to open any of those up. Let's talk about something you <laughs> tweeted out yesterday that um i thought was interesting and i would love you to elaborate on this you said apple just dropped a cruise missile on facebook and google's plans to deal with the loss of app tracking and third-party cookies can you elaborate on Uh, what you mean
1: absolutely so as part of their uh, worldwide developers conference which is sort of the big kickoff for all of their big software updates and code updates apple unveiled a series of really interesting privacy announcements One of the ones was really interesting was something they call uh, Internet Privacy Relay. And it's kind of like a virtual private network, but even better, because it splits the traffic up in such a way that even Apple won't be able to tell what sites you're visiting. And if you visit a website, normally um, it'd be able to sort of trace you at least down to maybe the city or neighborhood by the IP address that you're displaying, and they could potentially track that IP address, which is sort of like your home address on the internet, and it doesn't get rotated that much by your carriers, they can build a profile around you. Now Apple is going to obscure that with a whole series of IPs that it controls and it'll be rotated around a whole bunch of different users. So this is really going to uh, add pain on top of things like um, the gradual retirement of third-party cookies which are another way of tracking people and of course the app tracking transparency that Apple started and now Google has been forced to imitate an Android. So all in all it's just bad news bears for creepy ad tracking online.
0: Will this um, just be on their latest devices or could you have it on an older device?
1: So it's gonna be tied to their latest software update. So you know, devices capable of running the latest Mac OS, latest iOS, and that have an iCloud account will be able to turn on this particular feature. So once again, they're demonstrating that if you're willing to pay for privacy, um, they're going to not only respect it, they're gonna give you everything you can possibly get.
0: Ah, So they are going to make money off of this because I was thinking what's in it for Apple beyond people being swayed because they feel more secure using Apple guess not being tracked to the same degree you have to pay them to use cloud services.
1: Exactly. So the, you know, they're and in fact, even even their whole business model. Apple phones cost more than the comparable Android devices. Why? Because you pay the privacy premium. Um, and there's there. What the downside of this is? As much as I'm excited about the potential for this technology to help protect people's privacy, is it is highlighting a a new digital divide, a new digital divide between those who can afford privacy and those who can't. And mm. that's a a topic that. You know again, you know we're waiting for Parliament to take action and and actually pass modernized privacy laws right now. China has more privacy laws for its citizens than Canada does. I don't think that's a that's a good place for us to be
0: yeah, wow. Um, that is a weird comparison or a weird thing to bring up. Uh, the u s has seized two point three million in Bitcoin paid to the colonial pipeline hackers. We spoke about this. Uh, last week, I believe, so you know, the waters are so muddied as far as time's concerned during this pandemic. But when last we spoke, I asked about you know the problem with paying um, hackers, and does that encourage other you know hackers and to put malware on computers um, and attack you know other big corporations? But I thought that you largely couldn't get near Bitcoin. How 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 could the U.S. government seize it?
1: So it looks like, based on the announcement and based on what experts have said, that the group who executed this attack were relative amateurs. And so they made a lot of basic mistakes in sort of how they further laundered the cryptocurrency. And the speed at which the attack was reported um, to U.S. authorities enabled them to seize the Bitcoin wallet on an exchange. And, And a cryptocurrency exchange is where you take these digital dollars and convert them into real currencies. And so the speed at which the government was able to do it enabled them to uh, to shut this particular attack. But this is a a very, very rare win in the ransomware world to see money come back to uh, to a company.
0: Okay, so they, they got it in the transfer. So let's say uh, criminals are robbing a bank, they're leaving, they get apprehended on the way to their hideout by the cops. That's basically what happened when the money was being transferred via Bitcoin.
1: Yeah, I think of it actually hmm. sort of more like they, they're trying to actually withdraw it from a bank okay. um, and, and turn it into real cash. So they, they had fraudulently moved the digital dollars. Now they're trying to turn it into other forms of real currency that you could spend in other ways. And in the uh, process, you have to go to one of these cryptocurrency exchanges to do that, to convert it to other cryptocurrencies from Bitcoin to Ethereum or whatnot, or from Bitcoin into USD. And uh, that's where it got seized was at that point.
0: This is interesting. Um, let's let's turn our attention to something that you sent on on to us. I haven't had time to read much about this story, but uh, it is about an FBI-run messaging app that tricked organized crime. Can you elaborate on that story?
1: Absolutely. Uh, right now, hundreds of major organized crime uh, groups have been rocked with massive arrests across the United States, Australia, some 90 countries were involved. And since 2018, the uh, FBI has been running an encrypted chat service, uh, and they had used a compromised criminals to distribute these phones to uh, organized crime around the world. And they were just talking in plain language, no codes. Uh, in real time, all of the crimes were talking massive cocaine shipments, we're talking uh, assassination attempts, all kinds of things. And they were literally, every time they were chatting, a copy of that message was going to the FBI. Uh, It is the single greatest coup in terms of criminal intelligence gathering that I can ever think of. And uh, it has been a a massive wake-up call for the criminal world that they got hacked by the cops, which is uh, a rare win for us these days.
0: So did this involve getting the hardware out there first in order to
1: infiltrate, sort of like bugging? Well, exactly like bugging, but so they, they basically... Had specialized phones and specialized software and infrastructure. Think Facebook Messenger, but for crooks, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, were p- promised to be super secure and uh, foolproof from the police, but it was actually being run by the police. And they ran it for a couple of years uh, intervening where it made sense and this comes in the heels of a couple of other uh, examples of this. actually a couple of years ago here in canada we saw the rcmp do the same thing in a uh, in a new brunswick case where they had given compromised phones out to a uh, a local drug and, and organized crime group and it busted in the same way um, but that was a fraction of the scale that we've seen uh, unveiled by the fbi this week
0: wow that's really interesting Today, social media and news sites, including CNN and New York Times, were hit by an outage. Was there anything nefarious going on? What's uh, what's the lowdown on this story?
1: So in order to improve the performance of these global sites to people, no matter where they are, they they use what's known as a content delivery network or CDN. And think about that as sort of like putting this close to the store, as close to the customer as possible. So these are copies of the core website and they can cut down your web surfing time by like a couple of seconds, which can be a lot these days. Uh, What happened is they relied on an infrastructure provider called Fastly. Fastly had some kind of what's well, likely a configuration error, and it brought down big swaths of the internet. What What's interesting about this is, you know, we often think about the internet as a decentralized network, but really there's a handful of companies now, Amazon, Fastly, um, Cloudflare, that if you kick one of these companies over, or if they literally typo something in a code update, they can bring down the internet for an hour or two, uh, or even longer, um, which is really interesting from a you know how resilient is this thing we depend on these days?
0: Wow, that is interesting um so is there any way to to correct the, or prevent things like this from happening in the future?
1: No, I mean the interesting thing is you know the it's the the constant challenge between performance um so we wanted things to be as fast and quick and our streaming to be uh uh, snappy as possible, uh, and decentralization, which would be you know redundancy and having these things and and it's interesting because when we think about all the regulation we have for other critical utilities, things like energy utilities or water utilities, um, so there are oversight so that we don't have um, too much specialization or that that there's actually the ability to recover. there's none of that with the internet it's just been allowed to consolidate and centralize. Um, which someday could also result in, you know, a lot of these companies are based in the U.S. and and American authorities deciding to shut down swaths of the Internet for whatever reason they want. And because they're American companies that are the the key for this, that could actually happen, which is kind of an eye opener.
0: Wow. I want to thank you for your time. It's always uh, really interesting talking with you, David. Thank you so much for joining the show again today. You're always welcome. Have a great day. David Shipley, our cybersecurity expert for 640 Toronto and uh, the CEO of Boseron Security.